Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. Balloon Party driven by Munganass, St. Louis Hack, your Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, an A-lister from my standpoint, Jeremy Rutherford with us. Good morning, Jeremy. Tim Piddles, how you guys doing? Strong. (laughs) Very good. We're doing very well over here, JR. Jackson gets to uh, vacation with Lisa Ann this weekend, uh, JR. Am I allowed to say I'm jealous? I don't know if my wife's uh, (laughs) listening here. I think she probably listens from 7 to 10 and then again starting up at 11 o'clock. She might podcast this one. Right. This is more of a podcast program. Uh, JR, uh, I really enjoyed the column yesterday. Now, now maybe you might be like, yeah, what was the big, why are you making such a big deal? I just thought it was, it was just, it was direct. It was a direct hit. You, you left no room for interpretation on where you were, where you thought the organization needs to be. And I'm sure plenty of people share your opinion. I've read plenty of texts here this morning that, that enjoyed the column as well. Um, but, you know, after the win against Ottawa, I realize it's Ottawa. And after the win against Thursday, which was impressive against Nashville, uh, I think some might have been going, okay, they're trending in a good direction. Let's see what's going on. And then you have that kind of a game against the, the Blackhawks, and the momentum comes to a halt. So uh, your thoughts and expound on what you wrote on The Athletic regarding the Blues and the trade deadline. Yeah, first of all, I think we always say honesty in media, right? Yes. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the comfort zone to write something like that. When you're a beat writer for 15 years and you're writing the facts and stating what we see on the ice, you know, it's not necessarily in your comfort zone, but at the athletic, we're allowed a little bit more of that latitude. And, and so I've become a little more comfortable doing that. And I think you have to call it as you see it. Like, we don't get paid to ride the fence. Anybody could have the cursor blinking in front of them, Tim, and say, well, I think they, you know, might do this or they could do this. But if they win three more games, they could do this, so on and so forth. You know, I went to that game the other night against Chicago, and I it felt like what we've seen in the last month or so, where they start to make some traction, you start to feel good. You start to say, well, they could put themselves in contention come deadline time. And then when, what does Doug Armstrong do? And then they fall back. And that's what happened. And so I asked Craig Ruby that question after the game to him. And he said, I don't know. I don't know why that keeps happening. So as I sat there with that cursor blinking, I assessed the situation. I just feel like even if you go 10 and 14 in these last 14 games before the trade deadline, you got to do what's right by the organization, and with the way this team's playing, I think it's got to be capitalizing on those assets. But the one thing I do want to be clear on is that you could get a Ryan O'Reilly extension in a week. You could get a Barbashev extension in two weeks. If those guys want to re-sign, and if they're part of it, by all means. If they're not, I think they have to be moved. Your uh, response to the Bruby quote that you cite in your column where he said, I don't know, it's obviously a huge game against Chicago. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. I'm sorry. You wrote, it's not that Bruby doesn't have a handle on his team, though. It's not that he's not smart. If anything, he does know the answer. The Blues just aren't good enough, and he's not going to say it publicly and i think that's where i would guess and i don't know you you have much more of an interaction with your mailbag and social media but i think that's where at least three out of four blues fans are at this point as well thinking that this team just isn't good enough is that your finger on the pulse of the uh, blues fan community at the moment 
Yeah, probably so. You know, there were some people that said, hey, I still believe in this team and there's some winnable games coming up. And, and I get that. I get that. But I go back to the other point that I made in the column is that if you're cleaning out the lockers and, and you lost – tough uh, thing to swallow considering we do a trade board every year leading into the trade deadline the athletic does and these guys right now o'reilly uh six i believe tarasenko eight on the trade board if if doug armstrong is shopping these guys uh, i think there can be some interest now it's going to be tough you're talking about 7.5 million dollars for each guy you're talking about the blues potentially retaining salary you're talking about vladimir tarasenko having a no trade clause there's a lot of obstacles are teams willing to, to pay that for these guys in a rental situation. So there's a lot of ifs, uh, but I think if Doug Armstrong gets to that point, uh, that's what uh, they're going to have to do. And I heard you say it earlier. I think that Blues fans, if they're not in contention, that that deadline would uh, realize, too, that that's the right thing to do. Jamie Rutherford with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Your questions, your comments for JR are welcome. 314 399 Four six. Uh, I also thought you had some telling comments from some of the players following the loss on uh, on Saturday night, and one of the guys who may be on the move was one of the more vocal ones, uh, despite the fact that he uh, had a big game, uh, and that was uh, Barbashev with his with his comments. Yeah, for sure. And, and Ivan Barbashev, I, I think the world of in terms of uh, not only his play, but every time we get a chance to talk to him in the locker room, Tim. Uh, he kind of, you know, says it how it is. And I think in this situation, uh, he said a couple of things. You know, if this team is in playoff contention and he has a Gordie Howe hat trick, you know, it maybe he, uh, somebody in the locker room plays it up. Oh, yeah, he's a great player. Need to have him back. Uh, but you talk to Barbashev about that Gordie Howe hat trick afterwards, and he says it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Then you get asked about the, uh, the bad starts against these types of teams like Chicago, and he said it's the same thing against these bottom teams in the – in the league, and it happened a couple times before Chicago, so it's not the first time. So I think he's a realist. You know, the one thing I'll say there is at the end he said we've got to be more prepared. I've seen some reaction to that saying, you know, that's an indictment on the coaching staff, Craig Bruby. Maybe that's where the issue's at. That's where the question should be directed at. Look, every time we've talked to these players, even in private, they've said uh, good things about Craig Bruby. I don't think it's it's a matter of him not having these guys prepared. I just think it's a cliche that they throw out at the end of sentences saying that we need to be better prepared for that. You know, on this radio program, uh, outside of NBA updates, one of our one of our specialties is arbitrary percentages, and therefore I'm going to uh, turn that on you and say which member of the three were talked about the most. I know Mikel is in the UFA camp as well, but Barbashev, O'Reilly, Tarasenko, would you say is most likely to be a member of the Blues still on March 4th? If I had to guess out of that group, it, it's tough to, to go against O'Reilly just because of what he means to the organization. And, and I think that he re- would really take less to probably stick around. Um, I think that uh, Barbashev is a situation where the Blues co- covet him. They'd like to have him back. Is it going to cost too much? He can go into any negotiation, even in the free agency period, with that 60-point season under his belt. Granted, he isn't back there this year. Uh, but I, I think that's on his resume, so it could cost the Blues a pretty penny. You know, if you had to put the percentages on it, I, I would like to say Barbashev just because I think he could be part of the Blues' future. Mm-hmm. But you'd almost have to probably give the higher percentage uh, to O'Reilly. Just you, you look at that situation and you figure there's got to be some way that they could come together, even if it's a three- or four-year deal at reasonable money. 
just because of what he means to that culture and to that locker room. So I'd probably go with O'Reilly there. I will uh, go to the Air Comfort Service text line, as I promised the people we would do, and get in as many as we can. Hey, JR, quick question. I'm curious if we could see any Blues dealt at the deadline who were unexpected. Obviously, we know O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev are on the trading block, but do you think there could be a surprise move made? That's a real good question. I think two guys first come to mind. Other two guys who are unrestricted for agents, Nicole Mikula, he's a physical defenseman. We all know if he's a guy who can't be brought back or perhaps he's not in the plans, the Blues might be able to get something for him. Noel Achari is another uh, unrestricted free agent. He's uh, done very well in his one year with the Blues. I think the Blues would like to re-sign him. If they know they can't for whatever reason, they could try to move him. You know, the, the, the commenter is probably asking about other guys who are on longer-term contracts, yeah. and I think that those are types of moves that are uh, summer moves. I don't see, you know, for example, a Colton Pareko, a Tory Krug, those types of guys moved at the deadline. It's not saying they can't be, uh, but those big types of moves generally aren't done at this time of year. Uh, what do you think of the um, Boudreaux situation in Vancouver? Because that certainly has gotten a hell of a lot of attention. And I'm curious, as somebody who covers the league and talks with so many people throughout the league and maybe some of the guys in St. Louis who wouldn't necessarily put their names on it, but it's been such a hot topic over the last uh, 48 hours with the chance he received in Vancouver and then the termination yesterday and Rick Tockett replacing him. Yeah, just so unfortunate. I remember I go back a couple years with this. I was writing a blue story about what the coaches after the games to the media and I called Bruce Brujo to do a story and I said let's kind of dissect what the coach is saying here and what he actually means what can you say to the TV cameras what do you actually mean and Bruce Boudreau told me I gotta watch it here I'm still trying to get a job in the NHL <laughs> so, uh, he lands in Vancouver and you know they, they started off hot and uh, obviously he became a popular guy up there you know to answer your question I just think it's been an, an absolute mess Vancouver the Canucks organization hasn't handled it well just to let him sit there idle knowing what was going to happen and how about Bruce Brujo he says uh, I think they waited until the schedule turned into cake so that the next guy who takes over me for me will get off to a pretty good start so (laughs) what a line by Bruce there so uh, just unfortunate he's a good guy hockey lifer and uh, it didn't work out up there but uh, they probably could have cut that cord a while back Uh, let me see what we got here a bunch of texts coming in I don't understand when I hear certain Blues fans say they've got some winnable games coming up well they've had a lot of winnable games and that's the issue they haven't been winning the winnable games that's from the 314 that speaks to what you wrote yesterday on The Athletic JR you got these opportunities and then what Barbashev talked about I know he's thinking of Montreal and I'm sure he's thinking of Blackhawks as well I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. Okay, so you beat uh, Ottawa, and you didn't play great, but you can't come away with the win. And then you play what might have been your best win of the season against Nashville. If not the season, it's definitely of late. I mean, you dominate them, and then you have Chicago coming into town. That's the game that you win, and then you take your chances against Buffalo. Pretty good homestand. What is a seven-game homestand? So you're probably, uh, what, four and three, five and two, if that's the scenario, and you're feeling pretty good as you go on the road. But to stumble – uh, against Chicago, they started a guy with the first name Jackson. Like, how does the name Jackson invoke fear in anybody? Right? Wow, a damning comment. Hmm. Yeah, I'll remember that one. <laughs> wow, that sounded yeah. threatening. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, well, no, no. I just, you know, it's going to stick with me for a little bit. Wow. Sounds like you're, there's a burr in your hey, saddle. He spells it differently, so maybe it's uh, not the same thing. We got yeah. a little J-O-J-X-S-O-N. Yeah, that's, that's uh, CK all day. <laughs> but it's it's just a situation where, you know, the guy, the goalie, Jackson Sauber, is making his NHL debut. Look, you don't have a book on that guy. I realize it. 
Uh, a lot of times these guys come into the league, adrenaline. They, they beat teams. They've seen it uh, throughout uh, time, Tim. But I think yeah, it's a situation. It uh, yeah, a lot of times. Even Cardinals going up against a no-name pitcher. Yeah. It happens all the time. But it's just a situation where the Blues had two rebound attempts, five on five all night. I had that in the story. You know, that's not a situation where you, you're not crashing the net and putting a ton of pressure on a guy making his NHL debut. Uh, the Blues didn't do that the other night. And I think they deserve – to lose that, and then you find yourself in a situation where you've had another setback. So I think that's where I'm coming from in terms of uh, the tendency with the Blues and, and those types of games. It's a great column online at theathletic.com. Jeremy Rutherford every Monday here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. JR, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate the time. Yep, thank you, boys. Jackson, CK, all the way. All right, we'll talk to you later. Jackson, CK, all the way. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next. Fraction Jackson with a CK. I'm Tim McKernan. Also, I've got a CK in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fun. That's really fun. We'll spend an hour on that tomorrow. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.